Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday. We do that by discussing things like historical settings and literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. Well, today on the podcast we're talking about uh, the first in this series of uh, being unafraid and uh, looking at uh, possibly uh, numbers, mm-hmm. which is a book that we don't get into very That's often. That's right. That's uh, right. It's kind of a fun book. For it sure. is. There's good yeah. stuff in there. And yeah. and this piece that we uh, did on, on Sunday, um, of course, it's the story is longer, obviously, than we read in, uh, in the scripture on Sunday, but... Um, the whole thing is just, I think, a fascinating uh, story and reflection of who we are today, you know? Yeah, certainly. I mean, certainly it's not just a story for then, but it really is kind of this great encapsulation of uh, oh, human character. It really is. It's, it's yeah. just amazing the yeah. way it reflects who we are. And um, one of the pieces, I mean, I left out a lot just because there's just a lot going on. So go back and read Numbers. It's really, really it's it's really a cool book. Um, okay, there are some pl- parts in it that you know I kind of fall asleep, but for the most part, you know, it's it's a cool book. Anyway, one of the things that I did not say was that these ten who did not obey God and who uh, who let fear get in their way um, before trust, God said, "You will not enter." <laughs> um, Joshua, Caleb, you're cool. The rest of you, you're not going to enter because you couldn't trust me. Um, and and although that sounds um, um, like we often look at Old Testament God, New Testament God, same God, but we often look at Old Testament God and go, oh, he was so mean. Um, but, you know, um, these folks, what else were they so afraid of that fear ate them up and um, they weren't willing to, to look at God and, and what could happen? And I'm not saying that they were horrible people. It's easy to do, but wow, um, it cost them something. Mm-hmm. Um, were you going to say something, Isaac? No, I was just going to say, you know, in some ways it might have not been the best place for them, you know. Well, that's like, true. Like that's if true. You, if, you can't, uh, if you can't hold on, if you can't hold these things in tension, you are not going to like it here. You know? <laughs> Good point. Which is, Good point. Um, which is another, uh, you know, another traditional reading of that text is to say, um, <clears throat> this place where you're going is going to require some things of you, mm-hmm. and if you can't do that, then mm-hmm. it's best that you not come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I really like that, and and we also look at um, the forty days. Um, the uh, 40 years in the wilderness and the 40 days in Canaan. And some say um, that the 40 years in the wilderness um, are because of the f- 40 days in uh, Canaan. Now, another translation of that or another uh, interpretation of that is 40 is a, an important number in Scripture. Um, and, I mean, Jesus was in the desert 40 days. You know, I mean, we could go on and on. Um, so that was an important number. But, you know, some say that. So that's that's kind of an interesting little tidbit, if it were. You know, in in that whole picture, uh, because at one juncture, Moses disobeyed what God had said. Yeah, yeah. And he got to see the promised land, but he didn't get to enter the promised (laughs) land. Right. Um, And, of course, Old Testament, more law-driven. I'm grateful I live in the New Testament where there's Mm. more grace driving uh, some things. And so, uh, yeah, it, it really is sad because they left Egypt with the hope of something different for their lives, this so-called promised land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were scared of it. Right. 
and wanted to go back. That's the part that just – but what it does, it makes me pause and go back and think, are there any places in my life where God's trying to lead me to something new and uh, because that uh, even bad sometimes, there's security. I think about um, – I think about the sisters that are in abused relationships, and I've counseled with I don't know how many of those folks over the years, but they just keep going back because... You know that. Even in abuse, there's some sense of security, I guess. I don't know. Well, Um, and the fear of of what is to come. Yeah. 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 And speaking of which, um, it was fun to look up um, the Hebrew words for fear. You know, our English language... (laughs) And maybe it's just because we compare it to Greek and Hebrew a lot. But our English language um, is so lacking often in the the words that we use. And they had um, several words for fear. Uh, One, yirah, which means reverence. And that's where you get the fear of the Lord. You know, fearing God. That doesn't mean terror, being terrified by God, but that's that holy reverence. And so that that is the word they used for uh, for that fear, Yurah. And then there is another one, which is Pahad, um, and that's a dread of fear. Um, and that's what we in the English language, I think, think about being fearful. Um, and so I think we often... Um, when we translate both words as fear, um, I think we lose something, and I kind of wish we hadn't done that, because um, then people say, we're supposed to fear God. Well, we're supposed to have a deep reverence for God. Um, um, and then, interesting, this is just a little tidbit, interestingly, um, in Greek, the word for fear is what? Oh, phobos. Where did we get our word phobia? Um, and that is fear or terror. And uh, so... Um, so that's kind of a fun thing. They break it down. Um, uh, one commentator broke it down into four areas. A holy fear, which is the holy reverence. A slavish fear, um, which is, I know, I love that, a natural consequence to sin. Uh, fear of, of humanity, um, and, and that's what we often talk about. And then fear as the object of fear, which is interesting because that, that can get us worked up. Um, so I just thought that that was kind of cool. Um, I this I've I've, uh, I've I've preached and I've taught several times on what it means to fear God, uh-huh. and um, I don't know if we have enough words in our English language to the depth to revere God right. and do it adequately. So there's a part of me, not a huge part, but there's a part of me that I'm really okay with. I'm not talking to Joe Smith down the street when I'm speaking. I'm not messing with that. In that awe of God, I don't think a little bit of holy fear, literally fear and trepidation, God's going to keep his word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, 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 you know, I'm I'm constantly in this balance of grace and, and I hate the word law, but that's probably what it is, grace and law, that... uh, there are times when God, when God said something, He's going to follow through with it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that casual kind of Christianity and that casual kind of approach to our faith, I'm afraid is uh, some people are going to be disappointed at some point in time because uh, 
God really does mean. Now, um, Jesus taught a whole lot more about grace. Paul certainly taught a lot more about grace. But there is a place where God says, this is a line in the sand. Um, and, and do we want to mess with that by saying, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just find that, you know, and I've been reflecting on this for a long, long time, how to have that intimate relationship with God um, without being disrespectful. Right. Um, I know Jesus prayed, Abba, Father, which sometimes has been translated Daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just old. I'm not as comfortable calling God Daddy. Uh, for one thing, I think that limits who he really is, which is much, much, much broader and deeper than that. But when we talk about, um, uh, again, holy awe just doesn't quite capture the fullness mm-hmm. of it for me. And so I, I include a little bit of of. I don't want to say I don't want to say dread, but I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing to think that we're we're not messing with uh, just leftovers. I guess. Yeah. Right. No, but I mean most of the um, most of the contemplative tradition in Christianity is about holding paradox together without sliding to one side or the other. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to say daddy in one hand and uh lord god of the heavenly armies hosts yeah yeah (laughs) in the other which is kind of the two extremes in terms of kind of names Mm -hmm. um or or aspects Mm -hmm. uh, of god so it's it's not being comfortable with one or the other or operating solely in one area or another area um or talking about this is the appropriate way or this is the unappropriate Mm -hmm. way but you know, recognizing that there are all of these uh, descriptions of God uh, in Scripture that that are wide-ranging, um, and that our very difficult task is to hold those paradoxes together without uh, breaking breaking them. Mm-hmm. And when when we break them, it's we choose one over the other. We mm-hmm. say this has a primacy, and and this is secondary. And um, that's when the church gets in trouble mm-hmm. in history is when they gravitate toward one, not to be, you know, too tongue in cheek, one incarnation mm-hmm. of God over over another. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it becomes a, a really limiting uh, kind of experience, mm-hmm. even though holding the paradox is difficult. Um, holding the paradox is much more, I think, in line with the revealed God that we see through Jesus, uh, certainly, and it should make our it should make our actions uh, change toward um, other people. I mean, it, we shouldn't necessarily take our uh, look at our casual chit chat with other people and go, "How do I translate that to God?" But we should probably take our reverence that we that we access in one description of God and say, "How do I treat other people with that same kind of reverence?" Because right. Um, if we take the New Testament seriously, then that is the new temple. These people walking around yeah. are the presence of God in right. our in, in the middle of what we're doing. And if mm-hmm. we don't recognize that, then mm-hmm. we are no worse than these people in the Old Testament that didn't go into the land because they were afraid. You yeah, know? I mean, it's right. that kind of right. that kind of thing. If there is no full circle of that, mm-hmm. then. We probably haven't done much. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. That's a good point. 
they um I also looked a little bit into courage because I love the the um the scriptures that I read at the end of my sermon and just read them one after another without putting any uh, um, context in them. Uh, be courageous. Do not fear. Be be courageous. Do not fear. Be very courageous. Um, I love those, and they give me. Um, they do help me be courageous when I read those and when our God says, "I got this." But that doesn't always mean that it's going to come out okay. Um, it just means um, that we're not going alone into this. Um, um, and I always use this illustration, but it's the best one I have. Um, when Justin died, I was not courageous. There was nothing I didn't I didn't want to face a day uh, without him. Uh, and yet, um, people around me were reminding me of the presence of God in that. And um, actually, you know, it's the old footprints thing. Um, I didn't have enough brains right then because I was so devastated to think for myself, and and God carried me through that. Um, and so, um, I don't think I had courage, but God, I leaned on God's courage, if that makes sense, um, um, and on God's promises. But. Um, the word, the Hebrew word for courage, um, means literally to show oneself strong. <laughs> um, um, another, uh, they also talk about ruha, which is spirit, um, and uh, to be quick and alert. Um, the same attitude uh, in in terms of courage. Just um, look to God rather than to the enemy. I mean, how did David uh, uh, slay Goliath? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, he should not have been able to do that. Um, now, I wouldn't recommend that we all go into a lion's den with a slingshot. Um, however, um, if that's what God is telling us to do. So um, the courage isn't just to pick oneself up by the bootstraps and suck it up. Um, it is a relationship with Christ which um, sustains us and gives us the ability to move forward. Um, and so it's not... Um, it doesn't come from us. So when God says, be strong, be courageous, he's not saying, you know, suck up, suck it up, mm-hmm. get out there. Um, so I really like that. Not to be a, an old record playing the same song over and over again, but um, um, sustainable courage, I think, especially when we're taken by surprise with a circumstance, um, is because we have a sustaining relationship with God. We are constantly in one manner, a form, or another in His presence, whether that is in a corporate worship, whether that's in private worship, whether that's in His Word, whether that's in prayer time, whether that's in serving others, serving others or accountability groups or covenant groups or whatever it is. Um, I think courage finds a resting place, and ultimately then his peace will find a resting place easier uh, when we engage in those kind of uh, spiritual disciplines that we talk about. Um, but again, I, you know, I, that happens to be something that I just relate to really well. So. Well, um, it's really hard to help people understand this, that... Um, you need to have that foundation before um, the tornado comes. Um, not that you can't build a relationship with Christ out of uh, crisis. You can. But had I not had that deep faith 
that I had, um, I, I don't think I would have made it through. I really don't think I would have made it through. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you convince somebody that, um, well, and, and for me, it's, I don't want a relationship uh, with Christ, with our Almighty God, because it's going to help me in the future. I want it because I, w- I want to know this awesome God. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's twofold, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's now and then. Um, and and it's, um, it's hard to convince others that um, not only is it an awesome thing to have now, I used to say before I had all these crises <laughs> that um, um, even if there were no heaven and hell, I would still want to believe in Jesus Christ and want to walk with Him because it's this life that I want uh, I, I want to be able to walk. And, and that, that goes with the um, um, Abba Father relationship as well as the Almighty God looking at um, looking at creation, I think that's what I'm um, lately. I guess for some reason has what has has been really um, God has been pouring out to me is look at, look all around you, look at who I am, look at how I'm manifesting myself. So um, our walk is is both and. And as Isaac said, if we just do it in a um, in our own space, in our own head, in our own heart, then we're not living it out. And, and we see it, it's so multidimensional um, that if our relationship doesn't reach out to others and, you know, I, I uh, went off, off uh, course here a little bit. Sorry about that, folks. Um, so fear can immobilize us. Yeah. You know? And I think Go that ahead. fear, I mean, you're talking about fear in the context of suffering and that's, yeah. you know, that's a very kind of specific Yeah. Um, kind of fear. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. pretty prevalent, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think we have to remember that suffering is ultimately irrational. I mean, in some ways, uh-huh. uh, the amount that you prep for it is never going to make it make sense. Never. <laughs> never. Uh, and there's a, you know, uh, illustration after illustration of that in the Bible. I mean, mm-hmm. Job is profoundly, it's an irrational book. There is uh-huh. no... Um, there is no answer for that. There is no answer for that. No. There's no answer for it. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. There's no preparation on his part. There's no... Even the resolution is unsatisfying to, right, the, to, the, to the reader, yes, you know, and even to him, you get that kind of sense. The cross is the same thing, right? In the New Testament, it is irrational suffering in mm-hmm. some sense um, mm-hmm. that was not not of his own. <laughs> and he didn't deserve that. No, uh, not at all. Not at all. So it's a real. Um, there's always that element in there that that courage uh, is this. Uh, confrontation of the absurd, of the irrational, yeah, uh, and that it it simply is that it's a, it's a confrontation, it's a dance, it's whatever metaphor you want to use for that, but it is your interaction with something that ultimately is not going to be satisfying in the way that Western rationality is satisfying. That's it's right. not going to add two and two is not going to add up and give you a pleasing four. No, in the middle of suffering. No, it's, no. Or at the end of it, either. And, well, uh, and and you're very right in that. You, there's no way you could prepare. I mean, let me let yeah, me give you right. uh, yeah. The, I mean, I raised kids, and one of my greatest fears was losing a child. I could not have 
prepared myself for what happened. That being afraid of that all those years right. yeah. did not make that any less. No, I would imagine not. And yeah. the and on the other hand, when my mother died of Alzheimer's, we were um, we thought we were prepared because we had lost her bit by bit yeah. by bit over years and years mm-hmm. and years. And we were longing for her to die so that we she could be freed from this earthly body. And when she died, we were upset and surprised by that. You know? <laughs> My brothers, all yeah. of us, were going, why are we what? upset about this? <laughs> right. Yeah. So we can't prepare ourselves. But what we can't for, for specific yes. yes, for specific kinds of events. No. And that's where this whole kind of thing of we're we're not preparing for scenarios. We're we're making um we're making people in a sense, right? We're, you know what I mean? Like we're making, um, we're making Christians who operate no matter what the circumstances. Right. It's not we're not developing strategic plans for every specific no. little uh, piece of suffering that that enters the world. No. How could anyone do that anyway? Right, right, right. But sometimes that's how I think you know our our problem solving twenty first mm-hmm. century minds tend to think about things. Mm-hmm. It's like what can I do to derail this thing that might come and get me, or this thing that might right. come and get me, or how am I going to react in this and this and that? And it's just not that specific. I it think it is not. And um, when we look for that, we miss these bigger joys of holding on to these paradoxes of walking in uh, scenarios where we do not necessarily see the end, but we again, like these these uh, at least two guys who yeah. you know made it and said, "Boy, this looks a little crazy, but." We you can know, do this. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll go for it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's, you were talking about we miss what's around us, and I think that's exactly what the 10 did. Yeah. They focused on, uh, I mean, it was a wonderful place. Yes. They even they admitted, yes, this is a land flowing with milk and honey. Right. But oh my gosh, we could die in here. And so they missed the blessings. The fear blinded them from the blessings. And I think I allow that sometimes. Yeah. The fear of the irrational. Right blinds me from the blessings sure well it's like how do we don't have any plan for giants we don't have any plan for walled cities we don't have and we have no way to come up with that at least in egypt we had meat in pots yes right so that's the that's the strange thing yeah that happens to us all yeah Yeah. and maybe that's why i love the story because it describes me so yeah yeah. we're going to be cut we're going to continue to talk about fear and more um get in more detail a little bit as we go on all right well uh, I think our time is up yep. for today. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm getting the... Uh, I'm the done sort, with this part. The sort of weird, <laughs> weird that. But uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, you can do that um, all over the internet there, Facebook, email, Twitter, uh, what have you. And we'd love to have your feedback or questions or uh, any of that kind of stuff. Next week, we'll be back um, with more, more talk on uh, a different aspect of fear. Um, I'm afraid I can't think of it right now. It's off the top. Oh, we're talking. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oops, that's all right. Uh, we're talking about uh, crime and racism, um, politics and terrorism. Oh, good. Now, the small, we'll, the small yeah, stuff. The small no stuff. So we'll never get to all of those, but okay. we'll look at some things that are okay, relative. Great. To that. <laughs> well, until then, grace and peace.